hello everyone and welcome to Drive to Win, presented by the Win Las Vegas and brought to you by Mobile One for the love of driving. I'm Justin Bell and I tell you what, I hope you enjoyed last weekend's Dutch Grand Prix because it was outrageous and if you watched it, then you know why I'm so excited, especially as we have our first current Formula One driver as the guest for today and that is Alpha Tori driver Yuki Sonoda. He will be joining us in a few moments. But what about that weekend? 105,000 rabid fans, Max Mania, all orange smoke, orange ponchos, orange everything arriving. And the cool part is it being Holland, 95% of the people attending the race turned up in sustainable transport. And I think there were about 40,000 bicycles. I saw a shot of the bicycle parking lot and only in Holland would they pull that off in that sleepy little seaside town. But it was fantastic to, to see the atmosphere. Quite honestly, the, the TV broadcast is so good now. You, you feel in every way all the energy of the Grand Prix festival that the Grand Prix in Holland really was. The DJ was pumping every time. Even while the cars are driving around, they got a DJ and the mascot leaping up and down. I wish I was there. Well, I think all of us wish we were there. And that's why we're going to talk to Yuki, because he was right in the middle of the action. Now, people often say to me, why did you move to California from England? And it's pretty simple because of the weather, actually, mostly. And when you live in Northern Europe, you are used to the unpredictable weather totally ruining most of the good things that you have in life. If it's a birthday party, it was, I remember birthday parties that were planned when it was the British hot summer and then it poured with rain when it came time to it uh, for the barbecue. That's a bit what it's like racing in Northern Europe. As you've seen this whole summer season, you can have these strikingly beautiful days and then thunderstorms roll in and the shots, the camera shot from the helicopter, as you saw that cloud you know, and the way it would impact the surface of the sea as it came across just a few miles offshore. And remember with Formula One, they actually distribute the radar information to everybody. They are the source of the radars. I'm not saying teams won't do it independently, but I think everyone's working off the same data, but it did cause for mayhem at moments in the race. I kind of thought to myself, wouldn't you put someone out in all four corners of the of the local terrain to see when it, the weather's coming in. It wouldn't put it past them, I'm sure. Well, once again, it was about Max, but it wasn't quite so easy, was it, that he went and took the victory because getting pole in such difficult conditions, every step of the way, he was stretched and pushed to the utmost of his talent level. And that's what made it even more impressive to me. It wasn't a gimme. There were moments that I really thought, this is a race he might not win. Of course he did. But that's just the brilliance of his confidence, the car, the team, the whole package right now. But there were moments that the others, and you could see it in their strategy, you could see it in the way they were driving, certainly thought they were in with a chance. So the level of, it's not arrogant, is it? But the level of domination that he so flagrantly displayed uh, was probably never better on track example than at the end in those wet conditions when he was 2.2 seconds a lap quicker than his teammate Sergio Perez and just those moments when he tracked him down and overtook him at the you know in the opening segment were just uh, magnificent to watch so anyway I, we know what Max did he did it again rolling on towards that next uh, victory and if you know, if he keeps on doing it, he's, I mean, he's, he's going to shatter the number of laps led any moment now uh, in total for a Grand Prix ever. And of course, getting those records is something he says isn't a big part of what he does, but you know, it must be a pretty big part of what he does. Someone else that I totally love watching race was Fernando Alonso in the Aston Martin on those intermediate tires. And he was taking the advantage of the strategy, but quite literally the pace that he displayed, and they did have some updates for this race, just showed Aston Martin's back and allowing Fernando with all his experience and desire, and you just see it in the post-race interviews, his, his passion, enthusiasm for everything that's going on was really, to me, a window into why he's driving so well now. And 
there was that moment when he was stalking Max at the end there after the restart. And obviously it would have been kind of fun if they'd had a standing start restart, which they wouldn't have done in the wet. But if they had it done, I think he would have given everything to try and take Max into the first corner. But as it was, there was Max didn't pull away tricky conditions and Fernando just stalked him. And it brought this image to mind of, you know, like a young tiger and an old tiger and the old tiger knows the younger ones kind of probably got him in most ways, but he was still right there to pounce if one mistake was made, one late break locking up the tires, going through the gravel, Fernando would have would have literally eaten him up and I was kind of hoping for it. But as Fernando said in his post-race interview, if uh, if he ha- he thought about trying to go for a wild move and then thought he might not be able to leave the circuit at night. So he was probably right. Another team I really enjoyed, uh, don't know about you, but I enjoyed watching Williams, That the pace of that car, the qualifying in fourth for, for Albon was a display of where they are right now. And we see this glimpse of Williams' pace. And I think you could ask yourself, well, why is that? Uh, they, they aren't on a dry lap match, real match for the top running cars. But there's a moment, especially in these difficult conditions, that the Williams comes alive. And you can, it reinforces what we said all season, that there are teams that, well, all the teams are full of such talented, not just the driver, the engineers, the crews, the, the mechanics. And there's the development of the cars. It's easy to say there's a massive gap. Well, in Formula One, even the smallest gap can be reflected as massive in on-track performance. But I thought the passes that he made, uh, you know, Albon made, it was just made for great racing. And I was really willing the Williams on as a willing Williams on. And of course, uh, the end to have Pierre Gasly third on the podium was just an endorsement of exactly how, how fast that car is. And I think the story's not, not finished there. We're going to see them uh, perhaps at Monza, especially if the conditions are difficult, uh, although they tend to be a little drier there. Uh, you're going to see them also as quick uh, when it comes to that race. But it is a bad time to be bad. And um, that's what I was thinking to myself as I was... Uh, waking up this morning. It's a bad time to be bad because in Formula One at this time of year, contracts are starting to be looked at. The silly season, I mentioned it on last week's show, is starting. And you really want to reflect well against everybody else, but especially your teammate. And for me, uh, you know, Ferrari, both Leclerc and Sainz struggled. It was a totally tricky race for them. They're Pit strategy wasn't great. Uh, I mean, it was it was chaos up and down the pit lane in in the changing conditions. But somehow, whereas Max Verstappen always seems and Red Bull Christian Horner they they make the right decisions. Equally, you could say if there's an opportunity to screw it up, Ferrari will definitely veer towards screwing it up. Um, then obviously Leclerc damaged his floor and they had to retire the car near the end because it was just getting embarrassing. And Fred Vasseur did say, uh, apparently in an, a post-race interview, that the car's faster than it showed. But is it? I don't know. We're going to have to, they're going to have a lot of work to do. Uh, but Ferrari will have it uh, all on their plate going into the Italian Grand Prix this weekend at Monza. So that's certainly going to reflect. Uh, I mean, they're going to have the support of the Defosi, but they've got to perform. Otherwise, uh, they're the ones that won't be able to leave the circuit at night. Although. When it comes to Ferrari's woes, that's not really reflective on the drivers as much as it is the car and the team. Whereas, uh, you know, when I was looking at things from Logan Sargent's point of view, and I just, my heart went out for him. He's our American driver in Formula One, the only one, huge crash in practice, then that huge crash in the race. And I'll explain a little bit the dynamics of what goes on in a racing team. It doesn't matter whether it's Formula Ford or Formula One or sports cars, when you wreck the car, you, you go back to the team and your mechanics and your crew, you know, they give you that moral support. But then you see them go to work and you're pretty much useless. You, you stand back and let these, you know, professionals at the top of the game rebuild the car that you so, you know, not even gracefully destroyed. And they, and they have to work through the night to get it ready. And it's not just, it's not just the money. And because Formula One cars, I can't even imagine the cost of the two crashes that he had, but it puts such a stress on, on your side of the garage. 
And so when I saw him sitting, you know, hidden away during the race, uh, under whatever he was hiding under, just trying to reflect and take time before he went back to the to the pits. I've been there, I think most drivers have, and it's a lonely walk back and so many things spin through your mind. And his position in Formula One is definitely tenuous right now because he he did so well at moments in the race in, in qualifying. And he led the timesheets very briefly, but you know, the kid's quick, but you can't keep binning the car and costing so much money. And uh, I know that I, th- I think Monza's the last racetrack that he actually knows. So if he's going to have a good showing before he goes on to totally unfamiliar terrain for those last few Grand Prix, then this is the weekend for him to do it. So I, I feel really sorry for him. I think we need to, as not American, but I'm here, uh, you know, encourage him and, and give him a lot of support because I, I'd hate it to see his time in Formula One cut short because, you know, his confidence is definitely on the way down. But also when it comes to rookies, what about Liam Lawson who jumped in to fill for Daniel Ricciardo and did arguably the best job any rookie could ever have done in coming into a Formula One race in such mixed, totally dangerous, confusing conditions that would really test any driver. And we saw the level of the field from start to finish. The number of incidents was totally minor other than those little going through the gravel traps or going straight on under braking and going around the perimeter and rejoining the track. But Liam, there he is, someone who's racing uh, in with the Red Bull uh, feeder system. He's in Japanese Super Formula this year and he gets the call up last minute to get in the car. No free practice one, no free practice two, uh, straight into qualifying in in the wet. And I tell you what, the kid did really good. It's You can see it's not just their on-track abilities. It's a lot of the time, it's how they deal with the whole circus of Formula One. And certainly the, the pressure that he was under, I mean, I thought he handled it great. So that was then to finish 13th in your first Grand Prix in a race where you could so easily have been parked after a mistake or getting involved with someone else's mistake. Really, hats off to Liam. That was fantastic. Um, So obviously with the Grand Prix sort of heating up here in Vegas, I mean, you hear the drivers talking about it. Lots of, there were Red Bull promotions on social media last week with them doing little hangover spoofs and things. Definitely people's minds are turning towards Formula One. But here at the Win Las Vegas, we got more reminders of that than just the Grand Prix because they just opened a McLaren Experience Center right almost next door to our studio. And it's on the casino floor and you can see some of the world's best supercars just inside the windows. And it's really proving a great uh, sort of attraction for everybody coming in the casino. And they have this car. And if you're here or coming to Vegas soon, go and check it out. It's a very limited edition uh, McLaren Elva, a new one based on, and it's a tribute to the Can-Am car that Bruce McLaren raced, actually raced it here in Las Vegas at the Stardust Grand Prix decades ago. And they, I mentioned it, and I think last week, they've got a, the original car is, is owned by this uh, fantastic German gentleman. I saw it at Pebble Beach and it's a car that Elvis went on to buy and drive in the movie Spin Out. Anyway, they're both going to be here for the Concours, the Las Vegas Concours on November 11th. So don't forget to go to lasvegasconcours.com and check it out. So many ways to be here. It's actually truly affordable to be on the field and be a part of it. And you're going to see so many celebrities. I saw the car list that uh, of all the cars locked in to be here. And it ranges from the supercars of the future, hypercars, and the cars that we can just dream about driving to cars that people did drive back over a hundred years ago. So it's like a kaleidoscope of the history of the car. So don't forget to check it out. Well, Yuki Tsunoda, uh, the Japanese, young Japanese driver currently competing in Formula One for Alpha Tori. He has been with uh, Honda since 2016, was with the Honda Dream, Formula Dream project, went on to become the 2018 Japanese F4 champion, and then got into, most critically, the Red Bull family as the way they drive, bring drivers up towards their Formula One seats, finished third in the 2020 Formula Two championship, and then in 2021 made his debut 
for Formula One with AlphaTauri. He's had a great weekend, finishing 15th, ran as high as 6th. Great to follow along because I knew he was going to be our guest. So, Yuki Zenoda, Yuki, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you. Um, yeah, looking forward to Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I you. bet thank you, you are. Thank you for also um, giving, giving, this, uh, giving this time and yeah, looking forward to talk about the Las Vegas, yeah. Yeah, well, well, tell me, first of all, have you recovered from maybe the craziest race of everyone's career? Holland was wild. How, how do you feel on a Monday? You had a lot going on. Yes, uh, Netherlands was uh, one of the probably trickiest. Um, also, lots of going on around in the, um, in the, in the race. Um, I was, I was started, I started like P17, um, and two laps after I was probably a P8 or P9, yeah. uh, which, uh, the weather changed a lot. And some of the cars stayed out, uh, with the dry tire, some of the cars, um, changed the, um, brain tire. And I was one of that. And actually that tire, um, gained a lot compared to dry tire and able to gain a lot of positions. Some of the cars lost a lot of positions and. I think also I heard a lot of one of the most overtakes show uh, uh, in the race on the history or some recent races. Yeah, I that's heard. what I heard. I heard it was, you know, when you're watching it with all the strategy, I was just thinking, because obviously I knew you were going to come on my show. So I was watching you a lot and I was thinking, yeah, he's right up, right up in the top 10. How, when the weather was changing, how crazy was your radio communication with your engineer? Was there a lot of conversation? Yeah, it was um, probably like, first of all, I have to um, up, update, keeping updates about the, uh, what, how the track condition is, um, how the tires are, um, how also other cars doing. And actually the first lap, the soon as the rain started, probably I was driving around sector two um, and more towards sector three, rain, rain getting stronger and stronger. Um, Probably sector one was slightly uh, less rain, but because of like uh, probably track characteristic, one of the side of car track was rain and one of the side of the track was not still kind of dry. So it was quite difficult. Probably that's why uh, I heard first of all from the pit wall, stay out, stay out, um, stay out. They don't come into the truck uh, to the pit to change the tire. Oh. But I was driving sector three the rain was like massive. I, uh, maybe I was just literally, um, struggling to drive, drive around. Um, I feel like I was driving on ice and, um, the rain was like continuing, uh, strong, getting stronger and stronger. So, okay, I definitely have to come, come in. And I say, I just straight into the box without, uh, actually, uh, agreement of, um, um, the team, uh, um, they're able to, uh, mechanics able to adjust quickly and uh, put put me in the intermediate, which uh, able to minimize the pit pit stop uh, pit stop time and the uh, risk of um, mistakes. Um, so they did a really good job, and that's kind of that made me to put in me to P eight or P seven yeah. lap after. So yeah, that was a crazy crazy race. Yeah, crazy. You know, I. I raced back in the day and I remember at Le Mans, they told me one time, you know, stay out, but it's the same it, on one side, crazy rain and in the pit lane dry, you know, and they say, stay out. Yeah, I, know, exactly. I know how difficult it is, but in Formula One, those cars, it looks so twitchy, right? I mean, the, the level of grip on the yeah, slicks, it, I mean, you can do all the sim racing you want, but it doesn't, it doesn't prepare you for the slicks in the wet, does it? Yeah, definitely. Especially Formula One um, carried that that massive engine, which is, you know uh, allows that uh, power, thousand horsepower, more than thousand horsepower, and like is is really sensitive for the throttle works as well. So once you you know, um, it's super easy to wheel spin. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and especially dry tires. So dry tires is not for rain, obviously. Oh, dry no. tires for dry condition. Rain rain tires is for rain condition. So, um, I mean, especially that third sector, which was kind of chicane, a strong braking and chicane on last last corner, which is banking, and 
even uh, even even in dry condition with op- DRS open, especially if you're driving behind the car, it's still hard to go flat. Yeah. But with the rain, obviously, it's gonna be really 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 tricky. So I was a little bit, I was obviously a little bit scary, especially going to last last corner, going to banking, which you normally go flat there, but obviously because of rain, it was uh, drifting around. And once you obviously, like you said, um, slide the rear too much, you you ended up ball, and the race gonna be gone. So yeah, yeah. Um, I was really going really carefully and um, entered to the pit, which actually I saw the Checo was an was different uh, situation, which was at the end of the race. But it was she had a bit of bit of upcar planning, planning, planning something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I entered to the pit and uh, he hit the wall. So it's really really like once you mistake like one millimeters or one split seconds, you just ended up in a bad way. Yeah. So it's really tricky. Really tricky. But when you put it, it seems that the intermediate tires are so much better than than the wets, right? The intermediates, the speed you guys can do, cornering speed, it with the intermediates from as a as someone watching you go, the level of performance is so high. Yes, um, intermediate uh, so far, to be honest, um, intermediate tires much better than rain tire so far. So. As long as there's no much, um, well, I call it like a, I don't know, water, water patch or something. Yeah. Puddles. I don't know, lake. Lake. Some, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I call it lake because, uh, it's just literally when you step, step in, like you, you see the splash. But, uh, anyway, that kind of, uh, water patch and as long as water level is not too high, always, uh, intermediate tires are performing well, much well than, uh, rain tires. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of this, it's kind of trend this year so far. And we saw in Netherlands free practice, uh, compared to rain tire and intermediate, actually was spa, sorry, like four seconds, three seconds difference. And, uh, normally, um, this condition suits for rain tire, like back in the 10 years ago, seven years ago, but now intermediate is always performing well. Um, currently the rain tire is not really performing well. It's not really having a good quality of that tire. So we want to drive as much as possible intermediate. That's why we, most of the car was putting the intermediate, but yeah. actually the rain started getting stronger and stronger. And probably in the middle of the race, um, lots of water parts started to have. And um, actually I had a moment in turn one because I have aquaplaning. I pressed the brake, but I didn't feel anything. And luckily I didn't, I able to avoid the wall, but the car behind Joe uh, couldn't, um, uh, couldn't control uh, fully. And uh, he went to the wall. So it's uh it's it's really good as a rain tire, but um as soon as the rain level or like rain level increased and it starts to get really tricky, um that tire is pretty dangerous yeah, as well. Pretty dangerous, wow. Well, you did well. It was unfortunately the strategy didn't go your way, and then you get a penalty, but we don't need to talk about that. I'm sure you were pissed off this morning. Um, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um I was uh yeah, sometimes I, even after qualifying between the Saturday and Sunday, I woke up once in the, probably in the night. And yeah, soon as I woke up, I kind of naturally, my brain started to think about the penalty, what's happened and, and everything, and even like in the race as well. So yeah, it was kind of frustrating, frustration race week. Um, in my perspective still, uh, it's quite a harsh penalty, but anyway, yes, but it's, yeah, yeah. Let's let's move on. Let's to the move next, on. Yeah, next. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fun things. Um, first of all, it must have been crazy the Dutch fans to see to hear the DJ to the music. Just watching the television was crazy. What was it like as a driver being there with all that Max Mania going on? Yeah, it's a uh, definitely Netherlands Grand Prix is uh, special. Um, Especially for Max, obviously, but I can see whole Orange Army, um, you know, being the whole every every corners, uh, full full grandstands, um, and like you said, DJ there. I think the Netherlands had a lot of uh, famous famous DJ. For example, um, um, Martin Garrix. Martin Garrix, yeah, um, yeah. So those, um, I think there's, a, I can feel this kind of passion in the music as well. And 
it's definitely different as other tracks. Um, how I feel compared, yeah, like spectators, how they, um, say behaving or kind of cheering to the to whatever. It's really, I would say, I I can feel the full energy. Um, if I compare to Japan, for example, Japanese spectators, um, and the Netherlands spectators are really really different. Um, yeah. so it's quite it's quite always interesting to see. Um, like each country is always some of countries there's their uh, own drivers. For example, Checo in Mexico, um, they're all all different how the fans uh, react. So it's quite uh, it's quite quite fun to watch. I know I raced in JTC. See in Japan, I know the fans get pretty excited, but I think the the Dutch fans go somewhere else. So, so you'll be yeah. you, you'll have that when you get back to Japan. It'll be just the same. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm very very looking forward to it. Um, and one of also really looking forward to Grand Prix is the Japan. Um, obviously also including Las Vegas as well. Yeah. But uh, Japan last year was first time I went uh, in Formula One. Uh, home Grand Prix. Um, I didn't know what's gonna happen. I didn't know how the people react to me. It was definitely special. I still remember clearly from last day FP1. Soon as I got out, got out from the garage and uh, exit of pit, pit exit, just I I saw a whole grandstand people stands up and clapping their hands, and that was like okay when I entered the turn one. Turn one, the people in turn one stands up and uh, clap their hands. Like it's definitely a special view, and obviously never, never seen and never experienced like that kind of uh, um, cheering, kind of um, treatment wow. uh, from the people. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I won't forget. And uh, at the same time, I felt as a Japanese driver, I feel really happy and honored to be, uh, you know. Um, producing or like kind yeah. of um yeah, showing a driver as a, a Japanese driver yeah yeah fantastic if you don't mind me asking you're you're in a position you you've been out there you've over you've had some great overtaking you've been overtaken you're right there in that mid pack towards the in the top 10 you're you're the, in a position firsthand to see quite what max is doing out there on track and as a driver, sometimes you have to go, wow, that was very impressive. As a, as a fan of the sport, as someone that loves Formula One, what's it like to watch him doing what he's doing right now at the top of his game, winning races? Just as a, as a race fan, but being on track at the same time. Yeah, uh, Max so far is doing an incredible job. Um, yeah, I would say... Probably no one currently um, can touch him. Um, no one's obviously any race. I don't. I didn't see any uh, cl- cross race with him. So um, he's dominating the current current uh, Formula One, uh, which is good thing to see. And I think he deserves it. I think um, how how they um, also obviously he had a you know a tough time in the past years, and now uh, he obviously had good car as well. But at the same time. I can see how the confidence he have in into the car and how they also um, building their own t- own team. Yeah. Um, so it's a uh, it's obviously it's good good to see and good reference um, because also I'm I'm in the part of the Repu Repu yeah. family. So sometimes I can see how the how the reaction how the Max phase are um, how how he talking to the engineers as well. So um, I think. Yeah, first of all, he first of all he deserves it, and um, at the same time, it's incredible how they how he always put it all together. Like Netherlands Grand Prix was a good example. Like that kind of condition, that kind of situation, anything can happen, and you know, car performance is not everything. And still, he able to be in the P one every session, which is showing that how much he's ahead of everyone. So. Yeah, it's, I think it's good. Um, I think it's still good for sports. Um, you know, you need someone that clearly, uh, or even spectators, spectators can see, fans can see how um, how good Max are and how current best driver, how the shape are. So, yeah, it's it's and for me, for for myself, for myself at least, giving me motivation. 
you know, yeah. like if there's a good reference driver and uh, there's good kind of example, you know, I, I get, for me, I have my, I had an extra, extra motivation from him that one day I want to beat him or, you know, at least uh, be with a teammate and uh, see how he's driving. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good. Has he, has he ever, as you're in his family, so to speak, in the Red Bull family, did he, especially when you started, did he give you any advice? Did he, did he have any good conversations with you? Uh, to be honest, uh, no. Um, didn't have much conversation. Actually, I was slightly nervous as well. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, Formula 3 and Formula 2 uh, is in a different um, pit garage. Okay. Uh, we're not in the same... Um, well, we most of the time racing the same track, but... Uh, Formula One environment and Formula Two, Formula Three pit uh, garage is a lot different. Yeah. So um, I didn't go much even to Formula One, and you know, uh, garage. Um, there was really few opportunities. I went there. So yeah, when I was in Formula One, Formula Two, Formula Three, Formula Two, I didn't have to opportunity to speak with him. Yeah. yeah. Well. So yeah, I didn't have much advice for him or something like that. Okay. I was just watching. Just watch it. We all yeah. learn just watching. Uh, exactly. So you've had three teammates in three races. You are the constant now in AlphaTauri. You're 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 like the uh, the the consistent driver over the last few races. Obviously, does that mess with your mind at all? Or are you just working with your engineers, just focusing on your side of the garage, on your job? Because it can be a distraction. Yes, um, I would say still so far it's not. I don't feel like it's getting having a distraction from um, those things um, because anyway, whatever teammates you have, the targets or what the job you have to do is the uh, same. So, yeah. um, obviously, as a, if you're in a team um, Formula One driver, you wanna if you wanna be con you know, at least a successful Formula One driver, you, you have to beat your teammates, um, unfortunately. So, um, obviously, at the same time, for myself, I'm just focusing to what I have to improve for, for now. Um, especially, I know what limitations I have for myself and uh, I know what, what I have to do to improve as a driver. Um, so, I'm really looking look focusing to that uh, from the beginning of the season. Um, so, so far, not much difference. Um, obviously for the team is, is a little bit probably a tricky situation. You know, every driver has own kind of driving style, um, own, own comments. Um, like Nick and Daniel is a completely different driver, which is Nick had uh, much less experience in, uh, his rookie, but Daniel, is one of the probably most experienced drivers in Formula, Formula One grip. I mean, like a third or fourth. So uh, he had his success a lot in the past. And uh, we all know that he's fast as well. So obviously, team can rely a little bit more to him uh, for he feedback from the from the past, how we can improve from compared to other as well. So um, I think as a team, it's a probably mix. Uh, some things is uh, positive, some of the things a little bit kind of uh, takes time to a little bit adapt. Yep. But uh, for myself, at least, um, there's so much difference and just focusing to what I have to do. Yeah, well, thank you for that answer. So you said when we, just before we started the, the conversation, you've been gaming. Uh, so you drive the race cars on the weekend and then you go home and you, you do virtual racing as well. Um, have you done the Las Vegas racetrack yet? Sorry, um, I'm... I'm not good at virtual racing. Oh, so, okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I say gaming, but it's like a gun, gun game, like shooting game. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. It's not, um, sometimes I do a, um, simulator, uh, in yeah. my house, but really not so much for me. It's like gaming is like to, to enjoy, to enjoy myself and, uh, also connection with the Japanese friends as well. So most of the time I always do it with my Japanese friends and today as well. Uh, to keep obviously the relationship or uh, keeping ourselves updated, um, and also I didn't still do yet the Las Vegas 
track. Okay. Uh, which are some obviously I'll do some point before Las Vegas start. Um, but yeah, I I saw the track layouts. Uh, the, I saw there's a long long straight, um, coming out sector three or something. Like yes. That. I still I'm not sure. But yeah, but uh, I saw like a long straight. It's gonna be really interesting because I never seen like, like that long straight and coming uh, strong break as well. So yeah. It will be it will be interesting and um for sure out there before and um train train before Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I know that it's you've got a lot of races before then, um, and there's a lot of preparation. But do they put you in the sim quite a lot, especially to learn a new track? Will you? Is that part of the the uh, the process? Um, yes, I would say most of the. Uh, days days in the race week um uh we race so yeah we do simulator a uh, week before the ra- that race start um for example um i did monster preparation which uh which coming up in four five days i did a week ago um and last because i'm sure i was before two weeks before i'm still remem- i don't really remember how the schedule was but um, I'll, I'll go and I'll go to UK. Um, and for sure I'll do in the simulator whole day preparation for Las Vegas. And I think, uh, I guess I need a preparation because I guess uh, there's a lot of a distraction from, um, <laughs> other buildings. So, um, a lot of lights, um, lots of fun stuff around there. So I have to for sure, um, my mentality as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will be so stunning, uh, even on the, uh, when I looked at one of the uh, uh, Sims, you know, one of the games, I think it was Gran Turismo, and you drive, it was so clever to see the buildings like you're in real life, you know, and they have this sphere now, this new, you know, it's $3 billion sphere with all the lights on, and you're going to drive right by it. it it's going to, I think, yeah, you're going to be blown away when you drive the track. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think I never went to Las Vegas, to be honest. I just saw probably, their movies, yeah, uh, you know about Las Vegas is uh, one of the most famous cities in the world, and I know how it looks like at least. And um, yeah, it's um, it will be it will be interesting how the Las Vegas looks like, and uh, I have to also see how the lights um, reacted to my eyes. You know, while I was driving, normally I don't get used to it to kind of those flashy, you know, lights. I'm, I'm sure it will be, it will be, won't get distracted while driving, but yeah, um, probably you feel like you, you're in the, um, Las Vegas town and yeah. like you're in a probably like more, uh, enjoyable feeling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. It'll be fun. It'll be, imagine driving a, a Ducati down Rapongi, you know, <laughs> in the middle of the oh, night. Oh yeah. That's what it'll be like. It'll be kind of wild. That'll be, yeah, that'll be crazy. Yeah, that'll be crazy. <laughs> um, okay, so this is a, a little segment where I ask you just some fun little questions, uh, short answers. Um, it's time for Mobile One Pit Stop for the love of driving. Yuki, what is your favorite Formula One track? My favorite favorite Formula One track so far will be uh, Suzuka. Um, I mean, I'm not biased to, I'm because I'm, I'm a Japanese driver or something just track layout itself um i just love it so suzuka okay suzuka after formula one what other of the big races in the world would you like to win after formula one yeah uh what was the question well like would you like to win le mans indianapolis 500 ah yes um I never think about that. Um, probably, I would like to try like NASCAR. NASCAR wow. will be uh, NASCAR. I I saw in the movie one of the movie the kind of tributing NASCAR race, and obviously I saw in the YouTube some of the YouTube as well. Crazy, and I I like I like I like the how they race and um how the race goes and also how the Matching with the spectators, um, so Laska will be uh, in my list, top list. 
Who was your racing hero when you were doing karting? I would say Alton Senna. Um, to be honest, I didn't really follow any any driver, or I didn't have much probably specific hero. I was always think about, but Alton Senna was always probably sometimes came up and um, in my mind um, as well. So Alton Senna and uh, also probably Fernando. Fernando, my dad's favorite driver, especially, and. Um, he when I always go to the track, he explained how Fernando is good at. So uh, probably those two drivers. Great answer. So we know you're a brilliant race car driver. What other skill do you have that only maybe your best fans know about? Oh, um, best skill. Um, I'm good at uh, picking good restaurants. Um, I love food, so I hope I can cook well than other drivers, uh, at least top, top five. And I'll say something like that. Um, probably almost the fans know that I love foods. Um, so cooking or picking the restaurants or something like that. That's a good, yeah. great, great answer. I love cooking. It's a big skill. Um, what does how do you define speed? Everybody has a different answer on what does speed mean to you? Going fast, what does it mean to Yuki? Going fast. Um, it's my... Oh, um, it's a difficult question. I think it's like, do you like about... Okay, I'll, I'll put it a different way. When it comes to a race, what's your favorite part of the race? My favorite part of the race, uh, qualifying. So wow. it's kind of probably related to how fast it is. So it's like kind of, for me, fast is proving, proving, proving your strength, proving your skill. Um, something like that is what, well, yeah. Um, to, to drive fast will be like, um, showing my passion and showing my show who I am, probably. That's a great, great answer. My one game that I love when I lived in Japan. Do you play pachinko? <laughs> no, I never played pachinko. But it's uh, it's I from Las Vegas or yeah, why not? From yeah, yeah, I I that's why that's why pachinko is uh, I would say it's. Probably one of the similar thing, more similar, like closest with the last biggest thing. I don't know if that if that makes sense or not. But yeah, yeah, it does. I never done actually. I never done uh, pachinko, but um, yeah. Um, well, when yeah, you come to I Vegas, you have to you have to avoid everything like that when you come to race. Um, okay. No, well, I mean, I have to go there. I have to go to the Las Vegas. I want to go to obviously casino. Uh, I never done in my life, so. Um, my plan is, um, I'll be top 10, um, get bonus and, uh, put whole, put all the bonus into the bet and I'll double it so I can have a, you know, successful race week. So but that is the best plan I've ever heard. That is it. Come here to the win and I'll, we'll go and we'll go and spend your money. That is a great idea. <laughs> it's a good deal. Oh, so Monza coming up. Again, you had the Dutch fans, Italian fans, the Tifosi are going to go crazy. It's it's a very spiritual place to go racing. Monza, is it a, is it the race that you've been looking forward to as well? And hopefully you can you can have a great race in terms of top 10. Definitely. Um Monza will be a home grand prix for our team. Um probably part of part of myself as well because I'm living in Italy, um, especially after Imola Grand Prix got cancelled due to the um, uh, flood. Um, you know, Italian fans were waiting for uh, Grand Prix and, you know, especially uh, the team, team uh, who people who worked in Fianza Vista uh, worked so hard in the off-season last year. So, um, hope I can, and I guess most of the people will come 
to watch Italy Grand Prix. Um, so I hope I can perform well in front of them to um, show my appreciation to them and also give the energy to them as well. So um, yeah, it's all been important race for me and it meant the race. this race will mean a lot for me and also for the, to our team. But all, obviously all people in our team, um, including me as well, obviously uh, motivated a lot to, to race there. Well, thank you so much for, for spending so much time on, on a Tuesday before such a big race. Uh, we're big fans of yours over here on Drive to Win. So thank you very much. When you come to Las Vegas, hopefully uh, I'll meet you in person. And thank you very much. Good luck this weekend, Definitely. Yuki. Thank you. Hey, race fans. Justin Bell here, former racing champion and host of the new F1 podcast, Drive to Win. If you're anything like me, driving probably means quite a lot to you. And not just racing, all driving. Nowadays, I'm sure you feel like I do sometimes, too distracted with texts, emails, work calls, and social media to get out there and simply enjoy the open road. I've always had a love for driving, and that's what Mobile One is all about. A reminder that even when life starts to feel too full of screens and routines, the ultimate escape is waiting patiently in your driveway. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Well, that was some great insight, uh, although my biggest takeaway is how young and how talented these drivers are. But we wish Yuki all the best of luck heading into Monza this weekend. Certainly we know a lot more into the way his mind works. Well, Monza, it's the oldest Formula One circuit on the F1 calendar. I said it when I was interviewing him. It does. It has this mystical vibe. I went there with my dad when he was driving in the thousand kilometer race and you could just see, you can just feel it. It's kind of echoes with the memory of Ascari and Moss and Hawthorne and the old banking where the cars used to drive around was, it's just an incredible place. And the Tifosi are there in force. And Tifosi are, is the name given to the faithful Ferrari fans. It's an, it's one of the largest parks in Europe and it is, it's just stunning. But on a race weekend, it's the howl of Formula One cars cutting its way through the forest that really brings it to life. And as any driver walking in there can't help but be affected by the history, the legend of the place. Now, of course, some of the best Formula One races in history have taken place there and Ferrari have won it no less than 19 times, which kind of puts the pressure on going into this weekend because they won't be winning unless something totally bizarre happens. But you've got to go into it as a team, believing you're going to, and I'm sure the talent of uh, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz is, is, you know, they're going to want to do it. So I think we're going to see the thermometer raised on the Ferrari performance this weekend. Seems a long time ago since Sebastian Vettel won, didn't he? You know, he became the youngest ever winner of a Grand Prix at the time when he was 21. Max Verstappen blew that out of the water just a few years later. But Max Mania, how high can it go? I mean, he's led, what is it, 600 and 28 laps so far of this season, which is more than he managed to lead last lap, last season. And that's the seventh highest of all time. But if he keeps doing what he's doing to the end of the year, I think he shatters that and every other record. And it was someone brought up something quite interesting, though. The only reason Vettel didn't win more than nine races in a row is because he ran out of races in the season. So uh, it just goes to show that when these drivers get on a dominant streak, they uh, there's nothing that can really stop them. And, and uh, it also makes you remember just how good Sebastian Vettel was. But of course, it's really about Max right now and uh, carrying that momentum on, that level of confidence. Uh, need I say it again? Uh, it's just an exercise, a display of perfection. And we're going to see more of it this weekend. I think the podium finishes from last year going into Monza this year would be quite happy. Obviously, Max won it. Um, then it was the Ferrari of Leclerc and then it was Mercedes of Russell. I think those two would be perfectly happy with a repeat of last year. And in a way, I think we're, we're setting up that we could see that. But we also have Aston trying to get in there. You've got Williams, you've got Alpine. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. And I, I, I for one, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this, this weekend unfolds, uh, especially with Alonso and Aston trying to maintain that performance spurt that they kind of were on and then fell off a little bit. And, and we saw in Holland, they're back on. The news really is that with Ricciardo Daniel, he is not going to be back probably for quite a few races. And so Liam Lawson has been slotted into the car full time, you know, 
in the interim. And I'm sure that this week he'll be training like crazy, getting himself on the sim, doing everything he can because he has a nice stable platform to go into his second Grand Prix and do the practice sessions and have that security that at least he's going to be in there for two or three races, which is so important to a, dr a driver's mentality. Um, it, you know, it's for me, McLaren, they showed so fast. I'm looking forward to seeing how they do. Obviously, I'm thinking all things McLaren, having been in the, the uh, McLaren Experience Center. But it does remind you that they are have such a rich history. They know how to win. It definitely, I, I look at, at Lando and Oscar, and you know they're going to be able to do it. Uh, they had a, a much better Dutch Grand Prix than it actually showed in the end results. So I think they're going to be they're going to be right up there. Well, it was great having Yuki on, um, and here in Las Vegas, we are definitely at the win thinking about everything that's going to happen here for the Grand Prix. Uh, I've told you about all the, the cars that are around us in the casino on the floor, and they uh, they just keep rotating around. I think I heard that there's more cars coming over the next few weeks, and especially in the build-up, this is going to be the place that the drive, a lot of the drivers stay. So if that's not an incentive to turn up race week, I don't know what isn't. But if you are still considering how you can come, but also just to learn about how what how that whole race week is going to work. As you can see, things are getting pretty racy around here at the Win Las Vegas, especially in, from the Concours through to the Formula One Grand Prix weekend. And if you want to find out how to be a part of it, how to come along, in which way you can be in attendance at the Heineken Silver Grand Prix of Las Vegas, go to winlasvegas.com slash experiences slash F1. Tons of information there on all the packages that will bring you to join me right here in the casino for the inaugural Las Vegas Grand Prix. Guys, that's it for this week. Thank you so much to Yuki for being our first current driver on Drive to Win. I'll see you next week and I'm sure we'll have a ton to talk about. I just wish you and I, well, we were in Italy as well. See you next week.